0: The volume nice and loud. Good, we are controlling transmission with Dance Beats and RB Dawn Marie. You're in the mix with Lil Drummer Girl with your host, Dawn Marie. In the mix. Welcome to the Little Drummer Girl, Dawn Marie here, and today's guest is Karen Cole. She has a bachelor's degree in music education with a percussion emphasis from Illinois State University, has spent more than 20 years educating youth in percussion. She has participated in the symphonic band, symphonic orchestra, percussion ensemble, and was principal percussionist for the Wind Symphony. She has worked with educators and artists such as David Collier, Kevin Lepper, and so many more. She is the percussion captain head, front ensemble instructor, and writes for the front ensemble books for the Kilties Drum and Durable Corps in Racing, Wisconsin. So without further ado, let's welcome Karen. Hey, Karen, how's it going today? Are you ready to rock out? Let's rock out. Sounds great. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be here today. I know you have a million things on your schedule, so I really appreciate you taking the time. Happy to be here. (laughs) Awesome. So tell me, is it okay with you, since we only have a a limited time today, if we could just jump right in? Are you you ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. awesome. So, so tell me, I know you've been in the industry for over 20 years now. What was your first instrument that you ever played? Um, well, I guess technically voice. Every little kid
1: sings every now and then. But um, if formal training, I would say I started out on the stair and the bell kit, like most beginning percussionists do. And um, and I started kind of early. Our band program at the time started in fourth grade, which uh, is a couple of years earlier than most schools I'm aware of. And from there, it just expanded uh, every year, starting in fifth grade, uh, all the way through college, into more and more different percussion instruments. So I spent most of my formal training uh, learning all the variety of percussion instruments, which has really been a lot of fun because you get a lot of variety rather than just playing one. So,
0: That's really amazing. Uh, I haven't had that much formal training myself. I mean, I studied with um, drummers who taught, but to a certain degree, and then I stopped with the reading and all that. But I love the. Subject. I really miss being able to sight read and all that stuff because I just played by by ear now. But um, <laughs> how young that's were you? Well, you said you were, you said you were nine years. So that's like nine years old when you're in the fourth grade, around. Nine yeah, I think right. it was nine or ten. Yeah, something like that. Pretty uh, young. So, it's it's great that when they you start young because it's like for sponges, you know. You can just absorb everything, and and it's amazing that when you actually have a school that teaches it, um, that's a beautiful thing too to have yeah. in yeah. the schooling. And I know they're trying to get rid of a lot of the uh, arts programs, and I'm so against that. But you know, right. we need art. Right. <laughs> you, know, was, you know, we do. I I'm a little biased, but we do <laughs> absolutely. So. Is there anything that, like, inspired you or some person that might have inspired you to become a musician? Um, I don't know that there was any, like, a specific
1: person, but there was probably a collective of of people and experiences that I had when I was growing up. Um, my dad, for a brief amount of time, was a band director himself. Uh, I have an uncle who was also a band director, um, so I went to lots of concerts and parades and, and performances oh, wow. and that sort of thing. So I was totally immersed in all that. Um, my mom sang in the choir, uh, at the church, you know, and um, just a lot of a lot of musical talent and ability in my family on both sides. So um, I, I think, you know, I don't know that I had any one inspiration, but it just kind of was part of my life growing up. So it was
0: inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> I did no, well, right? <laughs> sure. I hear you. I hear you. Um I know my family loved music and that's the one thing I was grateful that my household they always played music. Um so just growing up around all, you know, the Ella Fitzgerald's and, you know, Tony Bennett and, and then my sisters who are like much older than me cuz I was like the midlife crisis baby. <laughs> they weren't expecting but to hear, like, all this different rock and roll that my brother and sisters grew up with. And so I had this, like, this range of music, which I think is yeah. you know, really great. So people are like, well, how do you know Tony Bennett when I was, like, 20 years old? And they like, well, you know. right, <laughs> right, that's awesome. That's so great, though. It's great to have music in the family. So if, you know, I always say, turn the TV off, put the mu- you know, put some music on. A, I think it's more productive. You get more done with the music going. It kind of pumps you up, and it's like... Otherwise, you'd never watch TV, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't really feel like doing this. I feel like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. I'm music I agree with that it.
1: one. Right? It'll get
0: going. So right. So tell right. me, what do you wish you had known before becoming a musician? Anything in particular?
1: Um. Well, I... Uh, I think, you know, growing up with such a musical family, I did know quite a bit about being a musician, more on the education side, just because my dad and my uncle both were band teachers. Um, <clears throat> but I think, you know, as I as I get older and I try to pursue new things in different areas... Um, I really feel like uh, we kind of have like a, a winner-take-all kind of model. And I actually read an article just last week by someone named Aaron Gervais, and that was exactly what he called it, was the winner-take-all model, um, where he says like in, in sports or, or uh, movie stars, it's like every uh, anybody who's worth something is making millions, but for every major league player, there's thousands of talented uh, people in the minors that are making pennies um even though they're probably equally as good at what they do um so there's this constant drive um you know to to be better and to be good enough and you know when when do you get your break and and that sort of thing and you work hard and you think gosh I'm just as good as that guy but um so I think I think the networking and who you know is definitely way more important than I think I ever would have understood it to
0: be um you know in, in my younger days so That's a really good point. Um, It is so true. It's like not what you know, it's who you know. Um, And getting out there and networking with people, I mean, I actually created uh, when I was in the music business in the 90s, one of the things I did create um, outside of my full-time job working for a label was to create a networking evening for producers and musicians and artists and hip-hop dancers and all oh, these people fun. so that they could go to, to a nightclub on one night and they could all kind of meet each other and maybe strike up a deal and oh, because I good. felt the yeah. same way, you know, because there's so many talented people out there and, you, you know, there's only so many can get that break to actually make it and even if you can't make it to a certain level the fact that you can still get some work and get paid you know <laughs> what it means, right. it's a beautiful thing so um you know they I like electricity in my house yeah <laughs> exactly we have to eat i mean i always had the j-o-b even though i mean i didn't want to be a musician to play like uh, in a band and go on tour. That was not my thing. I lived to play for, for my own sanity. It kind yeah. of kept me sane. But um, I felt like all the people who were studying to really just make it big that way. It's really tough. And I remember just getting, you know, bombarded with people who wanted to perform that night and this and that. And you can only have like one or two bands or whatever that evening. So, it's like, right. I, you know, you can only do so much. But, yeah, it's really important to do the networking. And a lot of people don't like to network. So, I find, like, it's so important whether you you do it. Uh, but now with social media, I think it's so much easier to, it's amazing, I really, what you can do. I mean, Incredible. you're talking to people, right, around the world. It's, it's yeah. just amazing. So, um, so, so, tell me, do you find that there was a... Any kind of riff about you being a female in the in the industry?
1: Well, you know that's <laughs> that's funny that that you ask that. Um, a matter of fact, when I was in fourth grade and I was considering playing percussion, uh, you know, there's usually an instrument tryout night. You know, whenever your parents and the, and the students come and they try out different instruments, and you know, the band director's there and several others, and you get to try different things. And and I was heart set on percussion. I mean, that from a very young age, I just wanted to play percussion. So I was so excited to go and, and get my chance to um, you know really try give this a shot. And uh, our band director at the time, <clears throat> older gentleman, who was probably nearing retirement, but I, I will never forget coming up to him and him introducing himself and asking my name and saying, you know, what would you like to play? And I said, well, I wanna play the drums. And he looked at me square in the face and he said, Well, I usually don't let girls play drums.
0: Oh my gosh. Can I, ask you, like, can I stop you there for a second? How how old
1: were you at this time when this happened? Like nine nine, ten years old.
0: Oh my that gosh. Was my
1: first experience playing Ugh. wanting to play he hadn't even played percussion yet and I'm already getting told that I'm a girl and so therefore I really can't do that. And that, I mean, I was devastated. I just stood there dumbfounded, and I and I don't really remember much else what happened. I don't know if my dad might have stepped in and said, well, you know, why don't you give her a shot? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, but I do know that he finally agreed to make a deal with me, and he said, I'm going to tap out some rhythms, and if you can tap them back to me and do a well enough job, we'll consider letting you play drums. So he tapped out these rhythms, and I played them back to him, and I nailed every single one of them.
0: All right. <laughs> she didn't have a choice really but
1: but to let me awesome. uh, you know go ahead and pursue that so but no, uh, I, I, there there in the beginning I had male and female students in the fourth grade who were picking on me and telling me boys are only boys play drums drums are not for girls and I don't remember this but my mother used to tell me that I would come home crying but she knew that I wanted to do this since I was really, really little. And so she wouldn't let me quit. And thank God she didn't because I love what I do <laughs> now. It's you you know, amazing. So, yeah. The good news is, though, that like when I go to percussion conventions, I have the entire bathroom to myself. Uh, so that's fine. <laughs> um, but I have had other, um, there have been, been women that uh, have come up, like, the younger women have come up to me. And I remember one girl, I was shortly out of college came up and just started pointing at me and just
0: freaking out saying,
1: you, 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 it's you, it's you. And I thought, oh my gosh, this girl's lost her mind. What does she talking about? <laughs> she apparently saw me when I went to Illinois State marching in the drum line. I was probably at that time, the only girl with a drum strapped
0: to my oh, back. Wow. And
1: uh, she was the drummer at her local high school. And I guess she decided to go to Illinois State because she saw me drumming in the drum line.
0: And I
1: just, I, wow, I couldn't even tell you what that feels like to, you know, be, you know, an inspiration to someone else to do what you do.
0: So, so there's good and bad. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. I mean, I, I know the feeling of, of having people look at you like, yeah, sure, you can drum as a female, because um, when I first started playing out live, Like, I'd hang around a local band or something and say, oh, I'm a drummer. And they would look at me like, yeah, sure, lady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Girly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would be like, all right, well, you know, You let me sit on the set and play yourself. (laughs) 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 You could tell that they just had that arrogant, condescending thing to say, oh, yeah, right. So, and sure enough, you know, I'd start to play and they are like, Oh, you <laughs> could see like they kind yeah. of picked up their instruments and they started playing and they really got into it. And then, and then it's like, Oh, they kept me up for like three or four songs. And they're like, Oh, that's a bad, okay. That's bad that work. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what
1: the good news is? I think that's changing. Basing, on the schools yeah. that I work with and stuff, I'm seeing more and more uh, girls and women, in, um, you know, being introduced to this, and, and I think that's great,
0: you know, so. Absolutely. I think, well, I know as a growing up, I mean, I was playing parts in my head when I was three years old, but I didn't know that you could be a drummer growing up because I didn't have any reference to any female drummers until, I'd say, the Go-Go's came out where I saw, you yeah. Know, them playing the first time and I was like oh my god I'm not going crazy (laughs) right right Right. after that I started to you know that's when I really started to think about how do I get into it how do I find because I didn't know any drummers per se and I didn't I wasn't around music uh, live instruments my cousin played you know guitar but that was about it and um so then, you know, doing the theater, that's how I, I met the drummer of the orchestra, and that's when uh, he let me, you know, sit on his set in his studio, and he invited me down. And and he, I said, you have to leave the room, you know, because <laughs> I was just so sort of <laughs> embarrassed <laughs> to play in front of anyone. And, so and sure. exactly, because you don't know, because you just, you know, the first time you're ever getting on a set. And I remember playing some music that I brought with me, and. I didn't know he was sitting on the side of the steps to his basement listening to me play for an hour and uh, came up to me and he was like, you know, you're going to be a kick-ass drummer. And I was like, really? Are you just saying that to be nice? He goes, no, no, you just need to have some lessons, this and that. And he really, you know, gave me that inspiration to keep going because, um, I mean, I found out later in the years that Karen Carpenter was a drummer as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I and I I just knew. Never, <laughs> so bit, I just yeah. never saw her play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I was like, and she was so fragile and feminine that I was very impressed to hear that she played and heard she played really well. So that was yeah. a good
1: Yeah. I you know you bring a good point. I don't think when I was in fourth grade trying out for the profession, I don't think I really thought very much about a girl role model. I just saw those marching drum lines going down the street and whatnot. And just as a little kid thought that coolest thing ever And I so want to do that. And I guess, you know, now that I think about it, now that you brought it up, I don't know that that you're right. There really wasn't very many female people to follow. And, um, I guess that just, just didn't affect me. I just saw something cool and wanted to do it.
0: <laughs> so. Awesome. I mean, when you say the parades, I actually used to be a batonist in marching parades. And so I started with that. And um, I think that actually gave me a lot of the, the hand coordination because, you know, flinging batons right. up and down yeah, like, and stuff like that. So And, and so that was actually a fun. And plus the beat and, you know, walking to the beat, what have you. And I think that was really um, inspirational to that. Um so tell me something. What is what does a typical work week look like for you?
1: Um, well it it's never it's never the same, I can tell you that. <laughs> Which I kind of like. I kind of like having the switch up of the different different activities and things. Um, You know, if you were to look at my current schedule right now, uh, like most of my mornings are free, which I take care of, you know, personal errands or just uh, business things, you know, updating websites and networking or doing some writing and arranging. Um, But usually my afternoons and evenings, those are where I have like, uh, you know, I'll have classes at different schools, um, teaching different concepts and whatnot. Um, Evenings are usually rehearsals or concerts. Performances of some sort and then of course your weekends are always filled up with some sort of marching band contest or a winter percussion contest or you know there's always right. somewhere to be on a weekend and now that I work with the Kilties um, you know I've got the travel to Wisconsin even included in there from down here in Indianapolis so, so I keep pretty busy there's a lot of travel time I put a lot of miles on my car um, as of late, (laughs) which I'm not that excited about, but, um, but it, but it's good time, you know, to, uh, just get out and see different folks do different things, perform, you know, and even when my kids perform, I feel like I'm performing. Um, so yeah, it's pretty busy and it just, it changes almost daily all the time. And, you know, if you were asking in six months what a daily schedule looks like, it may be completely different (laughs) from
0: what I've just described. So, So you mentioned that your kids play, so they, they also play?
1: Um, well, I call them my kids. They're they're all my students. Oh, uh, your students?
0: Okay, I, I thought you right. And I get second. that question okay. a lot. People think biological kids. I'm like, no, no, I don't have biological kids, but I have thousands of my kids all <laughs> of the <laughs> And the best part is, I get to let them go home at night. <laughs> right, they don't follow me home. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me, what do you feel is like the most challenging part of what you do? Oh,
1: let's see. Most challenging part. Well, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm I, i I'm in the throes of, of teaching after 20 years, but I, you know, I do that pretty well. I don't worry about that too much. Um, I've been with some great programs. I really feel like I've accomplished a lot on that end. I think the hardest thing that I do is probably convincing others who maybe aren't in the arts or maybe have no art backgrounds that what I and my colleagues do is important. Um, we talked a, a little bit about it at the beginning here, saying you know that, that arts are so important, and they really are and I think sometimes we look at um, music, art, theater, those types of things as kind of like second class citizens or, or a lesser uh, people. And we think that anybody can do it. And what I think people don't realize is just how much goes into becoming a great painter, becoming a great musician, or a great actor, or whatever. And I think we take it for granted. I mean, if you imagine, um, you know, there were no actors, and we don't have theater anywhere, and nobody's learning how to do this craft, there'd be no movies for us to go watch. There'd be no TV shows. There'd be, you know, or having a soundtrack for a movie. Imagine a movie. No movie has a soundtrack, or no restaurant has
0: ambient music. <laughs> in the or, you know, how do you start a dance? There's no music for a dance, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds silly to say it, but it's
1: so true. When you take it, no, it's granted, exactly it, true, absolutely. You know, when you when you walk through the park and you hang a painting on a wall, you just think, oh, well, it's just a painting. Well, yeah, well, somebody had to learn how to do that to to bring that to you and to let you appreciate. Uh, what you're seeing or listening to or whatever. So I think that's the hardest thing, especially working in the schools, because like we said, we cut back so much in the mm-hmm. arts with funding and whatnot. And it's really hard to convince principals and, and others, you know, why it's so important to keep these activities
0: Well, I have to give you a lot of kudos, Karen, for pushing it and being an advocate for that because we we need more people like you out there that are continually pushing to get them into the schools and to to keep these programs alive so that, you know, the kids can do these other great things. And I I feel that music, I mean even if you don't play it for a, to earn a living, but just being able to play an instrument, um, it's it's such a, a way to get away from the reality world of all the stress and all the crap that we deal with day-to-day and you lose yourself yes. and whether you're painting or you're doing illustrations, any kind of artwork, you get lost and time flies and you're lucky. How did five hours just go by? And it's because yeah. you love this passion, and and it just feels so much better when it's over. It's like it's oh, a healthy it's, thing, it's, you know, was it's therapy. Way. It really is,
1: you know. It really, really
0: is. And I could see why they used to do a lot of that therapy um, with a lot of different. Um, people who had a lot of different psychoses, they would do these different artwork and different therapies because it is a way to transform the brain really and get out of yeah. our crap hole of mind That's just like right. that negative record that sometimes could keep playing or whatever it is. And, yeah. um, and plus I think when you can accomplish something like that, even if it just played, you know, three notes of something, it's its really that feeling like, wow, I did it. It's <laughs> an accomplishment. Yeah, really. so yeah. Accomplishment.
1: it goes beyond just the music thing. I mean, there's the whole, just like athletics, there's the teamwork thing, there's the reaching a goal, there's the, you know, planning ahead. There's so much more beyond just playing notes and rhythms, you know, and I think that's important for people to realize. Absolutely,
0: and I think, you know, it's a, it's a great way, I think, to keep – kids off of drugs too and things like that because, you know, it does create the dopamine effect and so you really feel elevated where, you know, they don't have to go out and drink and and party or whatever to get that feeling because they can do it through their music.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I know in a lot of groups, especially school groups, it's like a family, so there's somebody holding them accountable, too, so that if they were to get pulled or away from, you know, maybe into something that's not so great for them, there's usually several other kids, parents, they're all looking out for each other. It's a really great community. Um, that's
0: important. Yeah, you don't see much of that around anymore because everyone is all into their own worlds, and, you know, everyone's so busy, they don't have the time, but to, to see that there's still that kind of community, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. So can you list a couple of opportunities to, say, make a career as a musician today?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, we all know of the... The professional musicians, you know, who play an instrument and they make records or do concerts and that sort of thing. I mean, I think that's pretty, pretty obvious. Um, but there's some others uh, too. We just talked a little bit about music therapy. That's actually uh, a growing field. We're we're getting so much more research now on the mental and emotional uh, effects of music, and both listening to it and performing it. So music therapy is a growing field um, to go into. Um, there's also, of course, teachers who have to teach so that there are professional musicians like myself. Um, audio engineering is another uh, area, especially in this, in this era of technology now with all new podcasts and,
0: and everything mm-hmm. else you
1: find online. You know, Somebody's got to be able to hear the best way to piece things together and to mix and blend and that sort of thing. Um, so audio engineering is another one too. Maybe you don't play an instrument, but it certainly requires your ears and you have to have a good sense of of what a good um quality sound would sound like to make that happen and then of course there's more indirect things like uh you know music stores there's people that work in music stores um there's also plenty of groups that need to travel and go to the rose bowl parades and whatnot and there's tour managers and whatnot that put those packages together and and stuff too so there's a lot of
0: direct fields and even some indirect fields to get involved with i love that that's that's a that's a really great uh, list, I and mean, there's, there's so many different jobs right there, and um, I know that they're highly coveted, but I feel like if you push hard enough, and as we mentioned earlier with the networking, right. that you really can find your dream job, um, especially when you get to talk to people. And I always say, let everybody know what you're looking for, because you don't know who knows what, and you know that six-day right. separation Absolutely. thing. You Right? So, so you so have true. to just say, oh, to, it could be the, the the person at the grocery store when you're picking up. Oh, yeah, I want to be this or I want to do that. Yeah. And make it, oh, my Who happens to have a and mother. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. That's so true. That's so exactly. true. So you just never know when that opportunity is going to come by. I remember when I was like, I just started playing and I literally like just bought my first kit and I was working for Sony Music at the time, and this girl that I worked with, she was like, oh, you want to come out? I'm going to meet Joe Walsh, and I'm like, like, Joe Walsh from The Eagles? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. She's like, what? I'm like, oh, I would love to meet Joe Walsh from The Eagles. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. No, we're just <laughs> going to go see Joe Walsh. <laughs> so we go, and we meet, and we have dinner, and i Somehow, Beth is the woman who introduced me. She she tells him that I'm a drummer. And he's like, he was here in New York at the time um, recording an album. So he said, hey, you want to play on the album? And I was so intimidated and so... Oh, my gosh shy, I was like, I can't play on this (laughs) This position. I'm like, I'm laying You got a cowbell? I can have a cowbell. Exactly. I was like, Well if I can clap on it, maybe (laughs) But but my point was I was so upset that I said graciously I said no and declined, but I was so upset with myself because I didn't say that. I didn't say, Hey, you have a cowbell you know (laughs) and I come down and like clap on it because Really, at that point, I mean, who knows what that opportunity would have brought to me. And yeah, the fact that, sure. it, that I want to say it right now, the point is to say never say no. And so from that point on, I don't say no to anything anymore. Even if I don't know how, I'll fake it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just feel like you just don't know where that one opportunity is going to bring the next opportunity from there. And Absolutely. so, I mean, that was <laughs> my, my big. Duh, moment. <laughs> really. So don't ever do, do to Someone and said, you hear that person clapping? That's me on that record. Exactly. And I was a good whistleist. I could have whistled something. <laughs> so I would have found something to do that day. But um, I would think to call him actually to try to get an interview with him because I thought, why not? <laughs> What's I the could, worst that can happen? There you go. That's right. He could <laughs> say, say no, and that's it. No big deal. <laughs> so uh what would you say um some of the skills that you might need to have in your current role?
1: Um, well I know that, you know, having a <clears throat> a music education degree certainly is helpful, although it's not necessarily a requirement for what I do, um, going around to different schools and helping with the percussion programs and that sort of thing. There are plenty of people that have gotten some great education. Um by marching in drum corps or winter lines. Um, You know, there are lots of other opportunities that you can participate in that will teach you just a wealth of information. So it's not a requirement, although I do know it it helps. Um, But some of the other things uh, that just come with you the person that you can't necessarily take a class in, like, you know, the creativity is a big part of what we do. Um, Working through different scenarios and solutions to, to, you know, logistical things when you're performing or kids not having rides. I mean, you just have to be creative with not only the music, but with the whole program in general. Um, A lot of patience. Determination and drive I've been trying to add up into my business knowledge <laughs> that was one place I was pretty weak as far as just knowing how to how to network and knowing how to get a website up and running and how to you know uh, get a YouTube videos loaded and things like that so I've really been trying to um Annie, up I guess, on my business knowledge, but that to do what I do it would be very important. I've got two accounting books I'm waiting to read, too, so I can learn how to do that. Um, but then you really have to be able to engage with students and their families, and it goes beyond music. You know, I had a kid once uh, who came to me very upset, and I said, you know, what's going on? You, you don't seem like yourself today. And she says, no, our, I, we came home after school and found that our house had been robbed, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this poor kid, you know, uh, she, well, you know, she and her sister, her parents, you know, who knows what they lost in this in this whole um, episode. But you know, you just you you get to know that about students and where they're coming from and whatnot, and it just helps create that family atmosphere again and that bond. And um, you know, kids kids are willing to do more and want to learn from you when you when they feel like you care about them. So you really do have to able to engage with your students and be, you know, be compassionate, be concerned for them and their families.
0: I hear you. I always, it reminds me when you're talking about this, is that movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. I can't think of what it's called. Like she was a teacher in a, uh, oh, yeah. In the school where it was a little bit on the rough side and how she really got them to trust her and you know, and it's really true because I know I've had like, you know, so many different teachers, but those few teachers that really stood out that I feel definitely impacted my life in one way or another. Um and there's like far and few in between that were actually really capable or that they really cared enough to go the extra step and go that extra mile and really Mm -hmm. take the kids under their wing instead of just, that's a job and move on to the next thing. Um, Right. So, to know that you have that compassion and I think that's really, that's really amazing. Amazing. So, (laughs) how, how do you motivate the kids sometimes to do things that they don't necessarily want to do? Because I know like teenagers can be a little bit... Um, I hate <laughs> to say it, but uh or on the lazy side. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, or not motivated. How like do you have uh different motivational levels um, like you know, no. giving prizes or gifts or some, some, some kind of um the
1: one thing that
0: you have to start first of
1: all, you have to build up a rapport with them and that again is just getting engaged with them and their families, learning more about them, you know, asking how their day went, you know, whatever. That's the beginning stages, because they don't know who you are. They don't know you from Adam. And, uh, you know, so you build up that trust, that relationship. But I find the most successful ways to get them motivated is if I can be sillier and goofier and more outrageous than they can,
0: then they feel <laughs> to, like,
1: okay, if Ms. Cole can act like this, then I can I can be. And it tends to work. I mean, my kids know that I can just be the most ridiculous, <laughs> crazy, out-there person
0: um, I love it.
1: And, and, I, and I love doing it. I, you know, it makes me feel like a kid. I guess it's what young, you know. But, um, you know, if you can make them laugh, you, can, you know, then, then they're having fun. And then they want to do something. They want to come back to rehearsal because it was fun last time when Miss school said this or did that or, you know. So I think that, that helps, too. You just have to be almost over the top to, um, you know, get them to buy
0: in to
1: what it is you're trying to do.
0: Cool. So, what would you say is the most rewarding part of what you do?
1: It's the kids, by far, by far. Like, that's all I can say. Is just the seeing them progress and grow. Uh, not only as musicians, but just um, you know the life skills that you learn. Like we talked about earlier with the with the teamwork and setting goals and really giving everything you're trying. And then they find out, hey, I really can do this. You know. Um, and these these people, like I said, become your family. I um, just talked with a former student of mine. I knew him from the sixth grade. He is now through college, graduated, and has a baby of his own, and he wants to get together so I can meet his little Sam that just was born about a month ago. Um, so it, it's just incredible to watch these people grow up, and they're always my kids. You know, they're 20 and 30 years old, and they're still my kids. So <laughs> um that is just the best part. It's just seeing the kids, you know, grow and learn and develop. And
0: That's awesome. An adult. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so, Karen, how can our listeners find more about you if they want to learn more and how to reach you or look at, you know, what it is that you do? What's the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got a website uh, set up. It's just K. O L E percussion com. Uh, no WW in front of you, in front of that. Uh, and, and again, I'm learning how to do websites, so be merciful with me.
0: But it has some really good information
1: on there. Um, I've uploaded some videos and things up there too of some of the groups that I've worked with um, and whatnot. Uh, pictures, things like that. So I've got this website, k and I've also got a Facebook page. If you just go into Facebook and search for K Cole Percussion, um, you'll you'll find me there and um i'm also on youtube also so if you go into youtube and type in k Cole percussion um i'm i've got a lot of videos up there again of, of groups that i've worked with and whatnot as well of course on my website on facebook you know, i've got my phone number my email address all that sort of thing so yeah i would love to hear from anybody all kinds of people if you got questions or
0: answers. Awesome. The answers are good, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <the> answers <laughs> are very important. <laughs> I definitely got to check out some of those videos up on YouTube because I just love uh, I love watching people play. Um, so, Karen, we're almost about out of time for today. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I and yeah, know um, people listening today, I'm sure they've learned a great deal about this because it really is amazing. And um, are you involved with any, or, or are you potentially involved with any teachings online so that if somebody wants to study something online, they can? I am not at the moment, although I
1: know that's a growing field. And it is something that I would like to look into <clears throat> in the future. Um, but I'm not right now at this moment. So, uh, you know, give me a little bit of time here to bunny up on my uh, business on again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well, business, when you. But I do know that's a growing we, thing right now.
0: Cool, but if you do and when you do, please be sure to reach out to me and let me know so that I can uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That. sure awesome. will. Sure will. Thank you, Karen.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Wow, it's been my pleasure. I hope to get you back on the show again in the future. Sounds great. Cool. And I want to thank you guys out there. <laughs> lads and lassies that are listening tonight thank you so much for joining us today and if you like this episode please share it with your family your friends and be sure to subscribe on itunes channel here and remember it's never too late to begin to live your dreams and leave a trail burning behind you until the next time i'll catch you on the flip side rock on and rock out